Ashley mentioned it uh, a second ago that we uh, begin a new sermon series today. We <clears throat> notice a new uh, bumper that uh, helps introduce uh, today's sermon as well as the sermons we'll be sharing here over the next seven weeks. I'm excited about uh, what we'll be talking about here, what is in the relative uh, new year. It seems that uh, Christmas was just a, a bit ago. We, we talk about uh, fruitfulness, what it means to live a fruitful life. In the mix of everything we'll be talking about, we'll also uh, consider what it, uh, what it means to be unfruitful, to live an unfruitful life. All along, we'll be uh, considering uh, any number of uh, agricultural uh, images that emerge from Scripture. There are many of those that uh, we'll be considering, and then many others that uh, we'll be uh, uh, looking at uh, just in, in, in passing. There are a number throughout all of Scripture. And they will indeed give us a very clear understanding of the sort of fruitfulness that God intends for our lives. So I'm excited about uh, what we'll be talking about. I hope that it, uh, it certainly encourages us to have further conversation with one another, that it also uh, calls us to, to dig more deeply in Scripture, particularly in these Scriptures that we'll be uh, looking at over the next few weeks. So far this year, we've heard uh, Ashley share about the Great Commission, which of course is from uh, Matthew 28, verses 19 through 20. The title of her sermon was, was Therefore. Therefore, go into all the world and make disciples. And as she uh, shared, it, it comes to us to, to indeed go, but to really put the emphasis not just on going, but, but making disciples. And as she put it a couple of weeks ago, and, and even so today, disciples who then turn to make disciples. The next week, we uh, welcomed uh, Will Parton just last Sunday uh, to share what's going on uh, with, with Go Ministries. The title of uh, his sermon was aptly uh, put. Uh, it was simply, Go. And again, that tie-in, therefore, go into all the world and make disciples. It was lifted up last Sunday. We, uh, we needed to hear it, and hopefully we found ourselves very much inspired. We'll uh, base his sermon on Mark chapter 4. He told us that he would not be covering the entire chapter. As he put it, he did not want to wear us out. There you go. Well, as I began uh, preparing for this morning, really about a week and a half ago, I had just learned that Will would be uh, directing us to Mark chapter 4, I, uh, I found out that Mark chapter 4 uh, is the basis for Matthew 13, where we uh, will find ourselves today. And we had planned some many, many weeks ago to, uh, to look very carefully at what Jesus had to say in Matthew 13. So here over the next three weeks anyway, we'll be going through the whole thing. But I want to promise you to not wear you out. There you go. We'll at least have three opportunities. I figure this, that as things have tied together in this new year about going and making disciples, 
and then uh, considering what it means to, to live a fruitful life, what it means to actually make disciples. I figure these things are what God wants us to consider. All of this was planned independently. What Ashley did, what Will did, and then what we had, uh, uh, had been considering for a number of weeks as, as far as our upcoming sermon. And then all of this seems to just meld together. And again, I get the idea that God really wants us to be right here. May God bless us as we consider what it means to live a fr fruitful life, what it means to go and make disciples. So let's hear then from uh, Matthew 13, verses uh, 18 through 23, Christ's explanation of the parable of the soils. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone uh, hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their hearts. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on the rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have uh, no root, they uh, last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. So this is God's Word, and may it be a, a deep and abiding blessing to each of us, not only as we uh, hear this Word read today, but as we seek to take our, our lives and apply it to this Word. May God bless us all. In the parable of the so soils, Jesus talks about uh, four different soils that receive the seed, each with varying results. And as we consider the, the parable of the soar, soils, we, we know that, that each of those soils, to some extent or the other, are represented in, in each of our lives. It is clear that Jesus, in, in talking about those soils, speaks about the dis disposition of our hearts and the hearts of others who stand to receive the good news of, of God's love. In explaining the, the, the parable as Jesus did, and that's the, the portion that we read from uh, Matthew 13, Jesus didn't want to leave anything to chance. He didn't often explain the parables that he shared. He often just let them them, them be there and for, for people to begin to, to grapple with the, the things he was saying. In this instance, though, Jesus didn't want to leave anything to chance. He goes ahead and explains this parable. He wants us to hear loud and clear about the importance 
of the, uh, in regard to the disposition of our hearts. And so he uh, launches into this, this explanation of the, the four soils. The first of the four soils that Jesus talks about is the hard soil that forms along a path. The seed might fall there, but the birds come and, and snatch it away quite quickly. Jesus here references the, the, the sort of heart where the, the power of evil has sway. The seed of, of, of God's uh, good news, the seed of God's kingdom is, 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 is planted, but, but yet it, it, it really is, is not allowed to, to really take hold, and, and evil has opportunity to remove it. You might say that this is a, a, a soil that references the, the, the heart that is a, a hardened heart. A hardened heart is hardened to the ways of God, making it tough for God to break through. Now, we need to hear this. A hardened heart makes it tough for God to break through. Not impossible, just tough. Let's hold that thought, because God is always able to do miraculous things, even with one who has a hardened heart to the ways of his kingdom. The second of the, of the four soils that Jesus talks about is the sort of soil where, where rock is just beneath the surface. Now, I know that you've uh, tried to, to dig maybe in your yard or in some other place, and you've encountered that sort of thing. You know, you sort of easily break through the soil, and before too long, you in, encounter rock. It seems like that's, uh, that sort of thing is all over the place out in, in this uh, neck of the woods, as they say. It is never easy trying to dig through the rock. Rocky soil represents those hearts that readily receive the good news of God, but don't really let that good news take root. We've all known uh, persons who seem to receive the, the, the good news of Christ, and, and, it, and it does seem to, to, to take hold, and there's joy and excitement in that, but, but there, there's something about the, the heart of that person that doesn't really allow that, that, that seed to take the sort of root that it, that it needs to, to, to have. There's joy immediately, but then after a while, things just sort of play out and, and dissipate. People with that kind of heart just seem to skim the surface when it comes to spiritual things. Over time, the, the spark that was, was once there withers and dies. If the first heart is a, a hardened heart, then the one we're, we're speaking of now is a shallow heart. The third of the Four soils is the soil where, where things really do grow and, and, and prosper. But over time, they get, uh, get choked out by, by weeds and, and thorns. You might say that this uh, soil represents a, a strangled heart. The worries and cares of this life, coupled with the deceitfulness of wealth, have a way of choking God out. 
At best, God plays second fiddle. I remember years ago, standing in a farm field with one of my parishioners. It was fall, and he was harvesting his, his bean crop. The whole time that we, we talked, right out there in the front of his combine, he stood cutting away honeysuckle that had wrapped itself around uh, the, the combine. And as we talked and as he continued to, to clip away all that uh, honeysuckle, he lamented how that weed had uh, cut down on his harvest. The worries and cares of this world, coupled with the deceitfulness of stuff, has a way of affecting God's fruitfulness in our lives. All of us are, are, are full of uh, all sorts of care, all sorts of worries. We, we let that stuff just weigh us down day after day after day, and it has a way of choking out God's good work in our lives. That's why Jesus, Paul, throughout all of Scripture, we, we hear about the, 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 the futility of, of being worrisome. It has direct effect upon our spiritual lives, but yet if we allow our life in God to really take hold, to be strongly rooted, and to manifest itself in our lives, then we are able to beat back, to cut away, if you will, all the, all the weeds that, that tend, to, tend, tend to grow in and through our hearts and around our lives. We are able to be freed of that in order to be fruitful. The fourth soil that Jesus talks about is the, the soil where the seed is, is directly received. The seed is not only readily received, but it is, it is allowed to, to do its thing. This soil points to the heart that not only hears, but cooperates with the very thing that God is trying to do. Here's the good news but then allows that good news to have its way within, uh, within that life to where it begins to grow to, to tremendous fruitfulness. You might say that this, this heart is a, is a surrendered heart. The fruitfulness of this kind of heart is, is many-fold. A surrendered heart makes a difference. And we talk about that as a, as a matter of vision for this church, making a difference. A heart that is surrendered to, to God through Jesus Christ is making a difference. It is fruitful in, in every way. People are, are helped, supported, and comforted. Still others are challenged to draw closer to Christ. We are used of God to lift up the, the good news of Christ. And in that, persons are, are challenged to to, to allow the, the, the seed of God's kingdom to be planted in, in their heart as well. And those same people then uh, go and challenge others to, uh, to draw others to Christ. Again, making disciples who then make disciples. God's love is evident when his, the, the seed of the good news of his kingdom is allowed to, to, to really flower and be fruitful in our lives. God's love is evident in, in all circumstances. 
and his kingdom once and for all is furthered. All of this takes place. One is, is the seed of his kingdom is planted deep within us. If, if we respond with faith and allow him to come in and to do his thing, yeah, sure, that, uh, that, uh, that seed is, is able to grow and be fruitful. But all of this takes place only with his help. When it comes to being fruitful, God's help is where we need to be and where our focus needs to be placed. Always putting ourselves in, in, in the place to where God is able to do His thing in our lives, to where He is able to help us, to where He is able to empower who we are and what we're about as His faithful followers. I firmly believe that God is the difference, the difference between a fruitful and an unfruitful life. God stands to guide us. God stands to strengthen us. God stands to empower us to be the sort of people that He has wanted us to be all along. And as we have said from the outset, God's every desire is for us to be fruitful. Given that, our focus in, consider, in, in considering this morning's parable is not so much on the soils, although we have spent a, tr- a great amount of time talking about those soils, just as Jesus did. Our focus not, should be not so much on the soils, but upon God Himself. A consideration of the, of the soils is important, and we spend our time wisely considering how each of those soils might be at play in our own lives. But any consideration of the, of the soil should never be at, ex, at the expense of considering what the farmer does. Some have said that the parable of the soils might best be titled the, the parable of the extravagant farmer. And I've always liked that. The parable of the extravagant farmer. Our God is extravagant in every way. He is all about showering His love upon us. God is all about taking the seemingly impossible and making it possible. Remember we talked about uh, the, the, that soil where, uh, where the, the seed would hit and it, and it just uh, and it wouldn't, uh, wouldn't flower, wouldn't be fruitful. It, it's not impossible. It just makes it tougher for God when our hearts are hardened. God is all about taking an otherwise unfruitful life and making it fruitful. The extravagant farmer. The emphasis of this parable then is not so much on the seed, but the sower. The emphasis is on God and not so much us. Rick Warren, in the very first sentence of his great book, The Purpose Driven Life, has this to say, it's not about you. And you know, we could fold the book up right there, and, and there you'd have it. It's not about us. It really comes down to the, to the great things that God can do in us, the great things that God can do through us, even to great fruitfulness. We serve an extravagant God, 
he uh, liberally broadcasts the seeds of his kingdom, while some of it may fall on unfavorable soil, God keeps on sowing. He just keeps on doing it to miraculous effect. He's doing that with your life. He's doing that with, with my life. The fruitfulness God brings about in our lives is nothing short of miraculous, no less miraculous than a, than a seed that comes to flower. And if we plant seeds and then eventually watch those grow and even come to flower and even offer uh, seeds themselves, we, we consider the, the deep miracle that that is every time. I have come to understand that sort of work in, in my own life. God is able to do marvelous things in spite of myself, in spite of the, the disposition of my heart, in spite of my shortcomings. He's able to do good things. And I oftentimes will step back from, from that and, and, and consider that. God at work, even in spite of myself, and I'm thankful that he continues extravagantly to, to, to work and to move in my life. I am eternally thankful, thankful now, thankful for all time. After all, God is always in the business of working miracles. This is a photo. You'll see it in just a bit. I think it'll come up. This is a, a photo of my uh, front yard. It is uh, it's beautiful. We're working on it as we go along. You'll, you'll notice here, this is a, a patch of grass that uh, I'm, uh, I'm trying to grow uh, right there in the middle of our front yard. It's a spot where a huge uh, elm tree uh, once stood. It got the Dutch elm disease. It, it basically was dying, and we, uh, we had to take it out. It was a, a sorrowful day, I can tell you. Now, after that tree was gone, uh, after the stump had been ground out, I worked and worked on that part of the yard uh, day after day to get it ready, preparing it to grow a, a little grass. I eventually got to the place where I could, uh, could plant some seed. I was a little bit late. It was uh, toward the end of September, first part of October. Uh, as you can see, there is some grass that's uh, growing in spots and grass that's not growing in, in other spots. I got that photo back and said, that's not the greatest photo in the world, but it, uh, there's grass growing there, uh, believe me. Uh, some of that soil is, uh, is very fertile. Again, I told you that I, I worked on that, but that right in the center where there's very little grass growing is, is basically the, the residual from the, uh, from the stump that had gotten ground up. I planted the, the seed with hopes that it would grow. To be honest with you, I was surprised when it came up. What I witnessed was nothing sort of miraculous. And I might add, uh, as an aside, that I, I look forward that once the, the temperatures really uh, start to hit and the spring rains come, I'm, I'm uh, very faithful that, that the grass is really going to come up in a big way. That's the way it is when God extravagantly showers the seeds of his kingdom upon our lives. And let me tell you, I liberally seeded that little patch of uh, ground, and that seed did come up. 
God can also do great things when, uh, when, when he, uh, he liberally broadcasts the seed, when we uh, receive it, when we give him half a chance, his, uh, his harvest is, uh, is able to, to come to pass. When we're all in, there is absolutely no limit to what he can do. So here's another photo uh, from our side yard, and that's a raised uh, garden that uh, we find there. For, for three years, uh, that garden, I got to tell you, has been an absolute mess. I mean a real mess. It was filled with plenty of rock, lots of old landscaping carpet, and an overabundance of weeds. It was something else. So last summer, Cheryl and I uh, tore into that with the hope that one day we would have this beautiful flower garden. I look forward uh, later this spring to uh, plant seed there. That'll happen in just a very few short weeks. Spring, it will be on the way. I have the distinct feeling that that patch of ground will blossom into a thing of beauty. Again, I think that it's gone from a place of, of having bad soil to being really good soil. I'm going to keep you posted. There'll be another uh, picture of that later this summer. And the question comes, so how does your garden grow? God longs to do wonderful things in your life. He longs to, to bring you to flower to the end that you will bear uh, a great harvest, 30, 60, 100-fold. God bless us all as we allow God to, to extravagantly, generously broadcast the seeds of, of His kingdom into our lives May we find ourselves faithfully responding to his extravagance. And in that, may we know and experience the fruitfulness that God has intended all along. Let's pray together. God, thank you. Thank you for being the Lord that you are. Thank you for caring about our lives. Thank you for uh, blessing us as you do. Lord, you, uh, you seek to bring to our lives a fruitfulness that can come only through you. Lord, we pray that the soil of our hearts would be good. God, do with us what you will. Work uh, powerfully, miraculously. Work to the end that we are bearing fruit for your kingdom. Lord, we, uh, we seek today to be open to you, to be receptive to what you're trying to do. May we be open and ready to be counted as those who are fruitful as you seek to work in us, as you seek to work through us. This prayer we make in the name of Christ our Lord, trusting in the power of that name for today's world. Amen.